Are your plants stressed? Chances are they are. You know why? Because you have drought, you have cold, you have wet, you have varying growing conditions that probably are stressing out your plants. Been a big topic we're talking about. We're going to talk about again today right here on Cutting the Curve with Kevin Matthews and how he is creating a stress-free crop. I'm open to. <laughs> Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking today with Kevin Matthews, one of the original founders of Extreme Ag, uh, East Bend, North Carolina, farm operator, and he's talking about a big objective for him in crop season 2023, creating a stress-free plant. Okay, if you keep up with our stuff, we have touched on this subject a number of times, but you know why? It's a huge subject. Kelly Garrett said at Bast, clear back in October of 2021, I was sitting in his office, and he said, Damien, you know what a big objective for me is going to be in crop season 2022? Reducing stress on the crops. He said, I truly believe that fertility is no longer a limiting factor. It's, it's really about... We're, we're dealing with a crop that is stressed and it can't uptake the fertility. And that's what we're going to adjust to. Then Temple Rhodes said that's going to be a big adjustment for him in 2023. I talked to Kevin. And I said, what's, what's a big focus for you in 2023? He says, creating stress-free plants. All right, Kevin, what are you doing to create a stress-free environment? Which you can't create a stress-free environment, but you're making it so your plants are not stressed. Well, there's multiple angles that we're going at, you know, yeah, nutrients. We we want to try to get a well balanced soil, best op, best options that we can. But you know, we've always been trying to do that to a point. But we're learning more now. Uh, you know, with the industry and uh, especially with Extreme Ag, we're working, getting to work with so many unbelievable, awesome farmers that that it's just amazing the the knowledge that and the power that we have in this group now. But you know, for years. We'll take a, a product that Loveland has, a Radiate product. That product's been out a long time, Damien. Yep. But we really didn't know how to use it to get the maximum bang for our buck with it and to create that stress-free plant. And and it's a cytokine. And, I mean, they've been around. Cytokines, auxins, all, all these, you know, has been around our Gibbs, everything, and our, our Gibbs, excuse me, and but it's knowing when to use them and how to use them is what we're learning, and it's amazing. A lot of these products that we've tested the last couple of years, we've been able to lower canopy temperatures. Um, that's a big deal where we're at here. I mean, you get use out of the field day, it gets pretty daggum hot and humid. About and rough. 100 degrees humid. And then you also told me that there was uh, aggressive cottonmouth snakes, which is my absolute uh, kryptonite. Hey, a question for you. I remember standing there in that discussion. I remember doing it up at Lee Luber's up in South Dakota, talking to some of the companies that um, uh, we we're doing trials for. And they talked about, Use this product and it makes it cooler in the canopy. And I kind of called BS. I said, the weather's the weather. Um, how in the hell 
is putting a product out there, unless it's a shade, unless it's an umbrella, unless it's an air conditioner or a fan, how does it happen? And that's let's just go with that one because principally in your part of the world, when you think stress, you probably think but hurricanes in the fall and really high humidity and heat is is your principal stress factor in the middle part of the growing season, right? Yeah, I mean, Damien, I agree with you. I, you know, I'm not so sure, you know, the, the old saying is, you know, drought's just terrible. A drought is bad, but the heat stress is the worst. I mean, if we get a nighttime temp and we stay in the mid-80s and we don't cool down into the 70s at night, the heat stress is just unbearable on corn and soybeans, and especially during those reproductive times, those, you know, those real critical times. And what we've learned, um, it, it's been pretty fun. You know, I got to do a lot of research for a company called Smartfield. That was there, it was kind of sad because their investors, right when they got things ready to launch publicly, the investors pulled out. And this was several years back. But what we was doing was measuring canopy temperature with our drip irrigation to see if we could keep it cooler with water. And different things and what we learned was there's a lot of products out there that you can lower that canopy temperature with got me really interested so then we got looking through extreme ag we was working with some of these specialty companies on uh, vegetables uh, uh, grapes and vineyards of that nature and they're really into keeping the stress reduction low and uh, lowering that canopy temperature on some of these plants when they're in reproduction to grow really good grapes and, you know, hey, you know, when we go to the grocery store, we want our fruit to look really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to buy something that don't look good. And they know that. So whatever they can do to mitigate that stress and help it. And I got thinking, well, you know, if there's actually something to it, if we can make it economical on the farm side in the row crop industry, we might ought to look into some of this stuff. And so that's what got us in this stage. And we started learning how we could mitigate that stress and lower canopy temperatures and also basically build, it's kind of like a, a well-trained athlete. You know, the guy that the guy that sits at the, at the beer joint and, you know, he's, he's never, he, you know, he, he can't walk a half mile without getting out of breath. He's not going to do as good as that well-trained athlete if he right. has to, you know, break it, break up, and you know, break down and go down the road a mile because his truck won't run. It probably died driving a Dodge like I do, according to Kelly and them boys. They give me a hard time about my Rams. <laughs> I, I kind of like them, but but you by the way you and i share that in common i i uh i had a dodge and i didn't realize that i was getting my line for that okay so the thing is you're talking about the great athlete and, and also keeping the plant healthy and all that let's go back to the stress the the temperature thing yeah <clears throat> when you first got told that there was a product that could lower canopy temperature you were like me you said i i don't believe it absolutely i mean one thing i've learned though is there's a lot of things that I've called BS on. Yep. Um, there are some things that do and don't work on them. And if you can find what works in your environment, then that's a pretty cool deal. But it, what we've learned is there's it's really critical timing on when these products are used. You know, our, I spoke about the PGR Radiate earlier, um, which is a cytokine that is a vegetative timing and so this year 
our July and August, I was talking with uh, Dr. Ron Heinegger with NC State um, down at Commodity Classic, and we was talking about temperatures and forecast. And right. So our July and August, everybody, all the forecasters are saying it's going to be extremely hot. I've not got a number on the amount of precipitation we're going to get, but the heat's what concerns me. So I'm like, okay, we've done proved there's a yield benefit, and we can we can make a healthier crop manage that canopy temperature to a point i mean if it's 110 degrees ain't but so much we're going to do damien i mean that's the, the tough part is like like matt miles talked about that last summer he says we had our nighttime temperature never cooled down and our plants never were able to you know relax yeah they couldn't recover and so that's what you're talking about so you're not able to obviously change the weather if you're when you think about creating stress-free plants, which is what we said was your 2023 focus, the main thing obviously is going to start with heat. That's that's obviously your biggest stress factor. And so tell us the, the, the practices that you're doing, if you will, please. Yeah. So you put a PGR in, you put in some kind of, like you talked about a couple of products there, like Radiate, yep. you, you know, Accomplish Max is another one that goes in furrow, yep. right? We're using it. We're... So this is our, we like to have a couple years data before we take anything across our farm. And so, yep, we're using the uh, the radiate in furrow on our corn and our soybeans. We're using the uh, the leveling product accomplished max uh, in furrow on our corn and soybeans. We're, we're using um, several other products uh, as well. Uh, we're using a sweet success from uh, Concept Agritech, which is a sugar, a molasses base. We're putting that in there. We're enhancing and increasing that microbial life in that soil. And it just makes the plant healthier and happier. So we're thinking about that well-trained athlete. We're, we're wanting, it's kind of almost like we're, you know, a vitamin supplement. We're, we're keeping them nourished well. We're keeping plenty of vitamins in there. And we're wanting the most production that we can get out of that. Can I ask you a question? You just talked yeah. about a sugar, sweet success product from Concept mm -hmm. Agritech. I did, when we were doing a recording with Kelly about uh, this subject of stress, and I asked him in his whole mix about sugars. And he mm -hmm. said, I don't get the reaction with sugars that the Southern guys do. Why is that? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, and I wonder if it's the, the cooler climates they have. Now, I will say... You know, when we look at soil samples and we compare, they, they've got, Kelly's got some really good topsoil right Yeah, right. he's at. But he's got some, you know, I would just about, I mean, I would love to have his soil in my terrain. Mm -hmm. But, the, I mean, he's got a challenge farming where he does with that, those, that terrain. And yeah, the hill, the hills, as I said, uh, dear listener, if you haven't tuned in to any of our past stuff, my first time to Garrett's farm in Western Iowa, I told him that if there was hills like that in my neighborhood, we'd put a chairlift on it and call it a ski slope. But, yeah. So here's the thing. Sugar does does help create a, reduce stress on a plant. And I'm, I'm wondering why he wouldn't get a bump on that, and you do. But the other part of it is there's probably somebody saying, why does sugar reduce stress on a plant? I understand lowering temperature. Why, why does the sugar work, Kevin? Well, it makes the nutrients more available. We're... Our soils, we don't have abundance of nutrients in the soil. Okay. And uh, 
when you increase that microbial life, then you're also increasing the availability of the nutrients that's there. And you become a lot more sustainable and, and it's, a, it's a lot more efficient. And another product we, we're using heavily now is we've started with our nitrogen. We're putting carbon out. Uh, every time we put nitrogen out, we're adding carbon to that. And we're getting a lot more efficiency out of our nitrogen bushels per unit of nitrogen. Is and it that because is of that balance thing that the, the, we used to just use nitrogen, you know, just throw more nitrogen at it and it was less available because it needs something else to, what's the carbon do to make the nitrogen bump? Well, it's, it's a balance. It's, it just balances your soils out and right. balances it where the plant can metabolize it. But you know, you, we was talking about this a while back when I was, um, I'll never forget years ago i was probably 14 15 years old and uh, went to plant a field and one of the neighbors had put a brush pile out there in the field and they burned all the brush and it was nothing but just the the ashes and the, the coals there and we spread them out and the soil was just black and this is red clay i mean red brick clay and um but it was amazing to me how those soybeans right there growed I mean, it was phenomenal. And, but we were so young, we didn't really know what was going on. And, and to this day, you know, even now, I don't know all the details. I can get with Jason Sly and he can tell you every little detail about it. He's amazing, um, the research he's done on it. But um, it, it went back to the carbon and the availability, availability for those soybeans to nodulate and get the nitrogen in them. So if you can't, if you can't, if you're farming a few thousand acres, you can't put brush piles on a few thousand acres, to burn it. <laughs> so the backup plan to get carbon in, what's the, uh, what, what is your carbon program? Uh, yeah. so, carbon so what we're using this year, you know, we've used a lot of different products and it's come down to some of them just aren't user friendly. They separate out, they're hard to store. Some, a few of them are really good. But the the product that stood out for us has been the CCAT from Teva Corporation, okay. um, Mark Coots. And we actually ended up, we just buy it by the tractor trailer loads now. That's how much we're using. I mean, as far as the rate, we'll run about a quarter of the acre, but it's basically whatever you feel like your pocketbook can stand. I've, I've actually got some plots out this year with two gallons an acre in with the planter to see what kind of yield response? Last year at a court, we was picking up, um, you know, over ten bushels, and that was um, that's pretty daggone nice. I don't. I hope Mark don't listen to this. He might. You were picking up ten. Bu- wait. Okay. First off, Ccat as a carbon product, mm-hmm. you put it out uh, and and like we're, with the planter. We're talking about fertility, but again, this is supposed to be about stress, and you think yep. that the carbon reduces stress by absolutely by making nitrogen more available because of the balance. Yep. Well, and, and see, that's the part you got to remember. When you say stress, so when you, you know, David Hewlett has already proved that that, I mean, 600 bushels an acre is obtainable. That's no, you know, that seed corn's got that capability all day long. We don't really know what the top end is. But when you open that bag, you created stress right then. So mm-hmm. everything you do, it reduces yield is a stress is the way we look at things. And whether it's heat, drought, uh, no sunlight, you know, too much water like we had this past weekend. You know, 
stupid mistakes where you don't figure, you don't calculate things correctly and you do something wrong. And, you know, I, I, we all do them. I do it. Everybody does it. Yep. But so anything we can do, but that carbon is a sustainability and it makes that nitrogen so much more user-friendly and it allows the plants to take it up and metabolize it better. And so it's therefore it's reducing nitrogen stress on the plants. It, your tissue samples are better. It just makes things work better. Right. We just, we're learning every day. And, you know, we've been talking about planting. Now we're going to go and start spraying these corn and soybeans and we'll be adding another PGR at that time. Yep. Then, then we're going to be adding fungicides in later on, just as we're going into reproduction on corn and just uh, right after, right about blooming on soybeans to our, you know, R1 little pass maybe. And um, so we'll be putting fungicide out then. We're going to be putting foliar fertilizers out. Um, you know, we've made it a standard to use finish line across every acre on our, which is a nature's product. When we're doing foliar passes, we use a um, adjuvant by Full Tech uh, or Spray Tech by it's called Full Tech, mm -hmm. uh, and that is what we found is it gets the product into the plants much easier, mm -hmm. and they're able to metabolize it, and we're getting better efficiency out of our herbicides and our foliar applications and fungicides with those type products. So every step along the way, this ain't a I mean, the days of just planting the crop, coming back and, you know, laying it by and going to the do whatever and then come back and harvest it. They're pretty well gone for us. Yeah. So, by the way, you talk about stress. You're taking stress off the plants, but you're adding more stress to you because farming is harder. Uh, and then let's get to the money part of it, because you said uh, right before I hit record button about leaving money on the table. Uh, who was point that? we've got plenty of technology in the seed. There's all these other limiting factors that are keeping us from high yields. Pretty much everybody in extreme ag focuses now on stress reduction as best as possible. It's a lot more work. What steps you do, you think it's every single step. You think it happens at time of planting, it happens at first application, happens at the last application, et cetera, et cetera. Which one do you think is the one that gave you the biggest bang for the buck? Uh, there's not one. Um, I think it's a multiple one. So we actually, a few years ago, y'all always get on people for not answering something quick. So uh, several, several years before XA, I, I was doing research work for a guy. And um, we, we, done, we still do stuff for him. We've been doing it for years. But he actually, we actually set a sprayer on a farm that he had. And we would spray it every growth stage. Yep. certain products and what we learn i call them trigger points we learned exactly what when and how to apply certain things damien most all of them had some type of yield bump but yeah. very few of them made you money <laughs> and so so that's the tough part you're saying that you could go out and really create stress-free plants by doing something every day whatever every week but it's kind of hard to pencil that out no no question about it we just ain't got that kind of time right um not at the acres roar but i will tell you number one is and i'll rank them in numerical order of importance right, right. number one absolutely is planning 
that planter, everything has got to be right at planting. Get that oh. seed off to a good start, good quality seed, good quality placement, everything right at planting. Okay, the number one thing for creating stress-free crops is getting everything right at time of planting. All right. First off, you're going to talk, you said good quality seed, make sure your planter is set up. We've done episodes about planter setup, talked about Capstan Ag. <clears throat> you're one of the guys that trialed their products called, I you correct me, sure shot or select shot? Select shot, select shot. Yep. Selection. So it puts the pro it puts the inputs like wherever you want need to be wherever you so want a bunch of these different things like that but here's my next question for you you say getting everything right at planting time my part of the world sometimes folks go out and plant and the conditions are amazing and then it turns cold and you get down to freezing and wet for like nine days it's time to replant <laughs> it, it, do you have to recreate everything the second time or is that product still there and you're just putting in new seeds what i mean or are you sunk are you already now off to a stressed crop all right that's a great question for this time of year because there's a lot of growers are facing that right here today had a call this morning from a grower in virginia so it depends on what caused that failure of that crop yeah if it was simply cold freeze I think you're going to have a lot of stuff there. I think a lot of the ingredients are still going to be there in the soil and you can go back. And with the capabilities we have now with um, RTK and with our auto steer, you can go back and run the same guidance line, put the seed right back in the same thing and roll. And would you do just the seed if it was if it was a cold that killed your crop and your, was, your replant? Are you just doing seed and the other products you think are still going to stay there? Yep. If I was doing just, if I had just simply a freeze damage, no excessive rainfall or anything mm -hmm. like that, freeze lost, I would be comfortable doing that knowing I have not had abundance of rain during that event. Okay. Now, for what we just experienced right here today that I'm still waiting, I looked at a field right before this podcast and I'm, I'm really pushing it because it's spiking right now. And I'm wanting to know if I'm going to have to replant part of this field. Yep. We had anywhere from three to five or three to four inches of rain right here at our house, at our farm location. And I got neighbors within 40 miles of me that had five inches of rain. Um, we've, but it's been very cold here, which is unusual for us this time of year. I mean, we're in the sixties for highs. Yeah. And by That's, the way, if you're listening to this, Kevin and I are recording this first week of May. First week of May in North Carolina to be this cool. You're that 15 degrees off? All day long, yeah. Yeah, it should, we should be in the 80s easy. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so what we're facing here with our crops is we've had an abundance of rain. Uh, come uh, Thursday night, had over anywhere from two to three inches at one time, uh, real rapid, a lot of washing, erosion. Um, that stuff has taken a beating. Then it turned cold. So that corn has absorbed some extremely cold water. And then it stayed cloudy and then another rain and then another rain. And a lot of the lower land that we farm, the river bottoms, creek bottoms, our river bottoms are not planted yet, but some of the creek bottoms were planted. And what we're seeing there is water stood on the surface for numerous hours uh, more than 24 to 48 hours that is a bad situation right there so when you have that much rainfall 
and you get to a point that you decide you need to replant, then it is of my opinion from experience that yes, you need to go like you never planted a field the first time, put you put your whatever you just put down your planter fertility wise, go back and do it again. Just start from scratch. And, and we tried good? filling in, Damien. We tried to fill in mess, spot planting. It ain't nothing but a blame mess. Just tire the whole blame field up and replant it. That's that's my best look. Soybeans and corn. I mean, same same both ways. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If it, if it's been saturated with water, days of, I mean, if you've had just inches and inches of water, you know, I'm trying to remember now. An inch of rainfall over an acre of land is um. How many gallons you're talking about? Yeah, but it's like 200 and something. It's unreal, the weight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a bad day. Um, so, yeah, yeah, corn, soybeans. If it's a flood-related, uh, you know, saturation-related replant, yes, you need to put the fertility out there. If it's an absolute cold freeze, frost, um, then no, I would back up and save that money. That, that'd be my opinion. Okay. When we're going down here, you're creating uh, Kevin's 2023 focus, creating stress-free plants. Uh, it starts at planting. You you started off with that, telling me it starts at planting time, getting that all Number, right. And yeah. then I went down this other road. What's the? <laughs> and by the way, and by the way, you're putting in, you're putting in a plant growth regulator at time of planting. Yep. And and there is a there is a stress reduction component to a plant growth regulator. Yes. Yep. Yep, that is correct. It builds a huge root mass on that plant. That's amazing. And when did you start? I never even knew what a plant growth regulator was until I started working for you guys two years ago. When did you use plant growth regulators for the first time? Oh, probably 15 years ago. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I did I mean, it just, I was using them wrong. I was using them at the wrong time. I mean, you know, the, I was, I'd put some auctions out at, in, uh, you know, in reproduction stage. I put, uh, you know, some some jibs out in vegetation stage. Totally wrong, totally wrong. And you, you don't want to do that. You want your, your gibberellics out, you know, when you're at reproduction, you want your auctions and cytokines out and during the re, uh, vegetation Vegetative. stage. Kevin, yeah. I'm going to tell you, Temple, I just recorded about this with him this week, and his his exact point was getting your using plant growth regulators can do a lot for your plants unless you use them the wrong ones in the wrong stage of the plant. So you're this, this is the second time I've heard this in four days now, um, using the right one. Okay, that reduces stress. Then there's the other yeah. products we talked about. You put in furrow or at time planting that reduce stress, and they don't claim to be plant growth regulators. Why do they work? You know, we're talking about like accomplished Max here from Loveland. That, yeah. That's the one that has, when you and I did our panel uh, in conjunction with Commodity Classic, is that the one that has algae in it? Uh, yes. Well, it has a, sea, a seaweed extract. It is a maritime product that yeah. was put in. And, um, but yes, it does have those, that property in it. It's a kelp type product, if I remember correctly. And it helps, it helps reduce stress. Uh, yeah, it, it's all about building a healthy house around the around the plant. That's right. that's what you're after. You're just wanting um, anytime you can make a plant metabolize and use nutrients more efficiently. This you're creating a stress free environment, and um, that yeah. that's the key. The, our, 
So yeah, the number one thing was that was on the planter. And then number two is we want all of our post-emerge herbicide within 21 days of after planting. And we like to be done by V3, before V4 on corn, uh, we're wanting that all that, any over the top uh, herbicides, we want it out and done. We don't want to be doing anything after V4 on herbicides over the top. So then we're going to come into a, um, and during that time, we're going to put some multiple passes in there. We'll put extra fertility through foliars. We'll put um, some, we'll, we'll put more sugar out, Damien. We'll be using more uh, sweet success in because it, it also has a drift retardant uh, appeal with it and it, uh, it helps the plant absorb and metabolize okay. more. So you're saying there's the stress reduction you put out with uh, sugar, is that in conjunction with the herbicide or is it a yep. pass after yep. the herbicide not with the herbicide because uh, you know not only does the not only does the corn and soybean and wheat plants love it but the weeds love it as well so if they'll absorb that sugar with that herbicide in there then i can get a better kill and so it's it's kind of a you know it's a twofold thing here Okay, so on stress reduction on that second pass, meaning your herbicide, which you do within three weeks of time of planting or three weeks of time of emerge? Uh, no, time of planting. Three weeks. We sprayed three. it. We sprayed it at planting. So when that, uh, it was, we planted in, we were planting in a completely dead environment, no weeds there. Yep. And then 21 days later, we want to be back with a herbicide program. All right. And, and you don't, you, you don't care what the emergence level is as long as it's before V4. That is correct. We don't, when we start messing with V4, V5, we're going to affect the girth of the year if we're not careful. And so actually there's a, a, there's a good example. So actually, if you do it, if you wrong time it, you actually add stress. And we're Absolutely. talking, about, we're talking yep. about reducing stress. Right. Yep, that's correct. Okay, so creating stress-free plants, your 2023 focus. Now, then after post-emerge herbicide, you just talked about, you put in a sugar, you, you put anything else in with the herbicide? I'll show you. I'm throwing everything. I'll, we'll put several different things in that that uh, really works well. Um, then uh, the next thing, you know, it, and it depends on the yield environment too, Damien. Now we got some farms, irrigated farms. We'll throw a. We might throw a. Uh, we might throw a fungicide in there, but generally we'll wait to about V five to V six and put a fungicide out. Then if if we got a really high yield environment, say 300 bushel plus corn. Um, but then we're going to come back at about V9, V8 to V9. Yep. And um, I would tell you the growing degree units, but see, it's going to vary with different hybrids. But at V8 to V9, we will come back and that's when we top dress our nitrogen. So we will wide drop, uh, more nitrogen out then we're looking at being sustainable and and very efficient with the nitrogen so we will put that out we will add boron in there and um then we will come back uh just we would in a perfect world mm -hmm. we would come back at vt just before early you know v16 to vt just before tassels start coming out and put our fungicide and put some boron out there, put some more foliar products out there and, and get ready to set that plant up then. And we would put 
our a jib out at that time as well in that, which is a PGR. And uh, we like uh, we like using a product called Onward Max by Ag Explorer. That's a product that we've had a lot of success out of. And we pretty much use it in widespread acres uh, during that fungicide application. Now, one thing that we run into a lot is we will also have to come back about R4 to R5 and hit it with another fungicide in our high yield areas, especially our river bottoms. Um, but the key is if we can get that first fungicide on earlier, then we can get a lot more longevity and sometimes don't have to do that R5 approach. What you're talking about here is a year-long program, which is good because you said this is how you're planning to create stress-free plants. Is this that different than what you did just a few years ago? I'm guessing probably it is. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, well, some of the products. We probably the products absolutely. We have learned how to use the products effectively and efficiently. Whereas a few years ago, we we didn't really know. Yeah. We just didn't know. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we knew we needed to improve, but we wasn't hundred percent sure, you know, how things worked. And, and now, you know, working with people like Jason Sly and different ones, it's, it's just amazing how we've been able to learn um, what's really going on in those plants. The last thing you do that you think um, sends the plant, uh, you know, Gets us, gets us to the finish line with uh, in regards to keeping it stress-free or, or reduced stress. What's the last thing you do that you think makes a big difference? Is that treat, that last fungicide treatment or is there something after that? Uh, on corn, it would be that last fungicide treatment. Would, I, and we're talking about the last thing I do. So it would be that. And this is prior to the combine coming because that could be another subject. But um, on soybeans, the last thing I would do to, um, well, you said to create a stress-free, so it would, it would still be the last fungicide application because when we go to desiccate, it's obviously we're, we're putting yeah. stress on well, that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing, 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 killing the plant is definitely yeah. stressful. What about, what's in the fungicide that helps with the stress? What's in the fungicide, the last fungicide pass that you think is, is reducing stress on the plant? Well, the, the biggest thing for us is just keeping the disease off. And then yeah. a lot of these products that we're using now, um, you know, a lot of the strobies and triazoles and a lot of them are three-mode products, which we'll use them early on. And in that R5 pass, we may just use a straight triazole or something, but uh, something cheap. But what we're seeing, Damien, is a lot of the really good, and not every fungicide's the same, but we've they've got properties in them that can help control that ethylene production of that plant and it reduces that ability to keep the heat the same as what some of the PGRs are that we're using and one for instance is uh, the headline amp product you know we I actually was at the research farm out in Illinois and we we did some tests with it throwing the heat to it and watching different plants react sprayed and not sprayed it's pretty impressive. Um, you, you can buy you a couple of days 
Yep. You know, with that fungicide on there, on the heat, just on those products alone, the Veltima, of the headline amp and all. But then, um, you know, there's a lot of good products coming out there now that are three-mode products. And the companies has really caught on to this. And sometimes it ain't as much about the disease as is managing that heat tolerance during those stressful times going in reproduction. Another thing we got to remember too, Damien, this year, is um yeah i've not followed the midwest that close but i know kelly has been sitting still for two weeks now um the east coast and uh we're we're behind plan i yeah. mean we should be way further down the line yeah. and where i'm going with this is we're gonna be reproducing we're going into reproduction in a very hot time of the year so we already know we're going to have an above normal temperatures, but even worse than that is we're running late on getting these crops out due to the cold weather and the rain. Mm -hmm. So we, we better use every tool in the toolbox. One nice thing about doing these multiple steps that we're doing is Damien, if it gets so hot and that corn don't pollinate, we ain't spending no more money on it. We're done. Yeah. If so we put it all up up front, then we can't control it. So we can control the controllables here. Temple talked about this exact point. He said, with my focus being the way it is, he said, I'm not making my entire investment. So I said, well, what are they saying right now? To put out a uh, put out an acre of corn, not counting cash rent, still is like 700 and some bucks, right? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be you're gonna be five, you know, five hundred to seven hundred, depending on what you want. Yeah. To so the point is, if you look like you're having a bad year, you just cut back on the end stuff because it's already it's it's not going to help you much. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, what does they say? You know, you can't get sunshine in a bucket, and uh, and you, and if you get uh, you know if it's a hundred if it's a hundred degrees during the day or even in the nineties during the day and it only gets down to eighty five at night and you walk out and it smells like the corn's been in the pressure cooker in the kitchen the best thing you can do is I mean if it ain't no corn on that ear yeah there ain't no need spending no more money there ain't no miracle stuff out there gonna fix that yeah so creating stress free plants uh, and how you're doing it this year. I want to go back to the first thing about uh, canopy temperature. The product that you're putting out there that that promises, I mean, one of the companies, Rhizobacter, uh, I stood in a gravel road up in uh, South Dakota with Lee Lubers and the guys from Rhizobacter, formerly Pro Farm, uh, and they talked about this thing. When does that happen? When do you put their, when do you put this stuff on that helps keep temperature down in, inside the canopy? Yeah. So the one thing it, when uh, when Lee and I early on, when Brad uh, we we kind of approached each other, yeah. I was looking because they was focused one hundred percent on produce. They wasn't that focused on row crops at the time. Correct. And um, they had a product called Haven, which is used on grapes, and uh, it has it's very well known in the vineyard industry as being a proven product. It works. So when I read about it. It's um, you really need to know when your stress event's going to hit as far as managing heat. Yep. And um, typically, you like to put it on about the you need to put it on a week, 10 days before that heat event happens. And uh, 
So we actually, we did the research with it here in North Carolina and we put it on a, a bottom right here behind the office, which has got a streak of sand that's very deep in it. And it does not take much for it to go in drought stress and for the heat to really affect it. And uh, that heat lays in that creek bottom. So um, we've seen some pretty interesting stuff and we're playing with the timing on it. Our goal that Lee and I had when we first started talking with um, Brad and the guys at Rizaback was figuring out when was the best bang for a buck. Well, if, you, if you're if you at R5, chances are it's not going to pay you that well to use it. But when you're pollinating or you're going into pollination, you're, you know, you're going from vegetation into reproduction on corn that is a critical time period. If yep. you can, if you can put it out then and buy you some time, watch your weather. I mean, if you got ideal weather, perfect weather, I wouldn't recommend spending the money. That ain't what it's designed for. Yep. But if you got a forecast and you know, you got stress and you got the ability to get some acres covered by airplane or a ground rig or drone or whatever your application method works best for you, then that is where these products actually shine. Yeah. And um, there are a rough all... idea. Do you have a rough idea on how much an application would? Because I'm just trying to think if if it's if you're talking about stifling heat that could take ten percent of your crop yield, probably mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't take. In other words, it, it probably doesn't take a lot of benefit. Are we talking? A few bucks an acre? Are we talking 20 bucks? Well, you got to count your application of your ground rig or your airplane. I think by the time you figure in your aerial application or your ground application, and I'm, I'm including drones and aerial. Yes. You know, let's just say the product and everything, you'd be looking 20 bucks an acre for all okay. of it. And because uh, you, you got to have that application cost in there. That's just reality. So you're talking, you know, six, you know, six dollar corn, hopefully. So three bushels, you know, four, three or four bushels, you know, three bushels. And uh, the thing is, it's an insurance policy, Damien. At the end yep. of the day, now I'm not going. You know, we've been blessed. We've not had to do every acre with it. But when we get a critical timing and all the stars line up and we know that the chances are pretty high that we're going to have a bad event, then yeah, I'm going to jump on these products. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I mean, obviously the thing is, it's not like a fertilizer input. You don't really know whether you're going to use all this stuff or not. I mean, you do certain things, you do certain PGRs and sugars and all that period and carbons and all that. But a couple of these things are more on demand. Like when you look and see what things are shaping up like. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to, you know, you got to have, if your shadow is not in the field, will you? Um, <laughs> or you got a good crop scout on. If you, if you don't have boots in on the ground yeah. and uh, and the ability to pay attention to these forecasts and these weather, weather people, then uh, it's not going to be a fit for your operation. So my last thing here uh, on how you're creating stress-free plants. You're already, this year is a little bit behind. So... Do you think that is there stress now because of timing other than that it's going to come into reproductive phase at a very hot, humid time? Is there anything right now, uh, first week of May, that you think is already causing stress? The stuff that's in the ground or the stuff that's about to go in the ground? Is there anything that you can do to make that 
have a better day? Uh, at, so the corn, our first corn planted is up to about V2. It's beautiful, got good color, good vigor. That corn's fine. Um, the corn that was planted uh, within two or three days of the rain, uh, four days of that heavy rain event, very concerned about uh, once it's out, once we get it to v, V1 and we see what kind of emergence we have. And uh, then we're gonna have to back up and decide if there's something we can do to help that corn. Yep. But there's really nothing that we can do other than be patient, mm -hmm. watch these crops. And um, if we have a good stand, then we need to, put some, give them a little loving and, and encouragement and uh, hope that the good Lord will bless us with a bountiful ha harvest. I know it'll be bountiful. It may not be as bountiful as we feel like it should be. Right. Uh, last thing that about economics, you said we're leaving some money on the table because of the stress. In just your journey, uh, you know, you were ahead of the curve on much of this because you started looking at products like the Rhizobacter stuff 15 years ago, which was in being used in grape arbors, et cetera you're paying attention to stress which i don't think a lot of people did as much in the old days it's like well you know it's hot whatever but you're you start paying into it 10 percent more money each year because of it five percent more money each year i mean it's got to it's got to pay off of some sort you must have an idea of how much more yeah equals money because of paying attention to this well a lot of people they look at our yield winning entries and they feel like it a lot of people assume it's a super acre or it's a special area yeah but we actually pretty well treat everything the same uh, our irrigateds manage the same our dry lands manage the same and it put we've got multiple years of blessings of, of wins and state records and and um placing and it represents our farm across the board rather than just one specific area. We are spread out a lot, Damien, and we always have an area here or there that's bad. Yep. But at the end of the day, by paying attention to the detail, I feel like we are easily, you know, 15 to 20 cent, 20 percent above the curve for our area. Yeah. Um, and that and that so in other words, paying attention to stress uh might be a 20 percent might be a 20 percent bump yeah i mean it's, it's attention to detail it really is and you know a lot of my neighbors that i've got the opportunity to to work with and share information with those guys are seeing you know we're all getting better and um the american farmer is just so dadgum efficient and does such a great job it's just amazing and and these these are the ways we do it is working together as, as friends and family and try to share the information and that's the whole you know that's the lifeline behind extreme ag is you know we're all sharing there's there's nothing on our farms we do that we won't share with somebody if they ask the right, right. question got it all right. Well, that's what we did right here. We just spent a whole bunch of time talking about uh, your striving for stress-free plants in 2023, which actually it didn't just start this year. He's been doing it for a long, long time. He's Kevin Matthews. Um, I'm Damian Mason. And I want to remind you, uh, while we're talking about stress reduction on your plants, 
Uh, there's a product, for instance, called Accomplish Max or Radiate, like uh, Kevin talked about, and they come from a company called Loveland Products. If you want to learn more about how you can use these products to reduce stress on your crops, go to lovelandproducts.com. They had us at a panel in uh, conjunction with the Commodity Classic, and they spoke to great length about this, Kevin and, uh, and Kelly did, and I was there as the moderator. Lovelandproducts.com. And thanks for being here. Till next time, this is Extreme X. Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.